Hi, this is the podcast channel of Lighthouse Church in Ottawa, Canada. We are a family. We don't do life alone. We are about the one, each and every one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Our hope and prayer is always for life change. Here is today's message. Be blessed as you listen. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2. We're starting the new series today. The title of this series is Baggage. <laughs> Baggage. And um, we'll mark our coordinates from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. NKJV, the Bible says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. All right, all right. Let's start there. Um, let me introduce this series by saying that there is a race that is set before you. The Bible is clear about that here. It says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us and so when we say there's a race set before you i know you immediately think about your christian walk right your journey of faith um you think about the eternal race right you you want to make it to heaven i've heard christians say things like after all these suffering on earth after all the things i have been through i did not go to club and those of you that are still going, it's okay. We're praying for you. Um, I did not do all the things that my friends did. I followed Jesus faithfully. I don't want to miss heaven. Have you ever heard Christians say something like that? You don't feel that way. You don't feel that way at all. Clearly, you have given up nothing for Jesus. <laughs> because I feel that way all the time. I'm like, God, I cannot afford to be a castaway. Oh, God. The race that is set before us. Okay, so let's, 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 let's get into that. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, and verse 7, for example, Paul says, this is at the end of his life. Okay, he's about to die. And Paul says that, I have fought the good fight. All right? I have finished the race. Another translation says, I have finished my race. And I have kept the faith. So there is a race that we are all running. Um, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And verse 24, where the Bible, Paul again is writing, and he says that, do you not know that not everyone who competes in a race actually wins or obtains a prize? He says that you should run so that you might obtain the prize. So there's a race before you. There is your spiritual race, which I talked about just now, but there's also your earthly race. There is, um, call it, there are things you need to do upon the earth, all right? You need to, whatever, maybe you finish school, you start working, 
Maybe you get married. Maybe you start having children. You start raising children. You start building a career, building a business, doing something. There is a race that is set before you. If you're a thinking person, you can think ahead of yourself just a year or two, and you say there are things that you want to achieve. There are objectives you have in front of you. There is a race that we all run. Um, you have your physical race, your earthly race, and you have your spiritual race. And I'll say this to you, by the way, that the sweet spot is where both of them converge. When you're able to merge both into one, then you've really won. Where you're not running a spiritual race, and then you're trying to figure out your earthly race. Where your physical race is really your spiritual race, and your spiritual race is really your physical race, when the two become intertwined. But for Christians, many times, we want to separate the two. Sometimes when we talk to Christians, we say, okay, this is what the Bible says. Say, Pastor, leave Bible now. Let's separate Bible from the issues on ground. You, you can't do that as a Christian. Both of them must marry. And it's, it speaks to the heart of something that um, Pastor Toby has been saying to us <laughs> recently. He started to say to us over the past couple of days that everything you do, you must find kingdom expression in it. Right? Everything you do, okay, you want a bigger house. To what end? You want a better job. To what end? You know, you want to be married. To what end? You want breakthrough. You want a big contract. To, to what end? To what end is that? So when you marry both, the two races into one race, and you really run in one race, then you really win because you can focus. All right? You can focus. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 24, Paul again is speaking, and he's saying, none of these things move me. By the way, the context here is that... <laughs> This guy's a gangster. They, <laughs> they said to him that he was going to die in Jerusalem. That was the context. Paul said, none of these things move me. I don't care. Okay? None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. With joy. So we are running a race. Whether you know it or not, you're running a race. Um, I, I've seen some of those... Um, videos where they try to race like dogs or something, and then they release the ledge, the ledge and a few dogs take off. And you, there's always this dog that's completely clueless, that just, that just stands there looking around. Like, and then someone is like, the owner is like, move, 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 run. Or if you've ever been to your kids into house sports, <laughs> when they're like four or five, they blow the whistle, and there's this random kid that is just there looking around. <laughs> and the parents are like, can you please not disgrace this family? Just run, just at least just try to run. So whether you know it or not, you are running a race. You just, you just, you are running one. All right. So God, God, God's purpose for you, obviously, God is an intentional God. I said some of this on Friday, that before you were ever born, God had a plan for your life. God, God is not the kind of person, there's nothing in scripture that suggests that God, that things happen and then God tries to figure it out after. He's very intentional about things. So the fact that you came here, it means that there's something that God wants you to do. It means that there's something that he has put Along your path, there's a race that he is looking at you. And actually, uh, when the Bible, in that scripture we read, Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible says that we are surrounded, that's how it starts, that we are surrounded by a crowd of, a cloud of great witnesses. In other words, there are people in heaven, the saints of old, looking down upon you and saying, they're cheering you on. That's what the Bible says. They're cheering you on. Obviously, they have an insight into the race that God has for you, some of us don't, but we should, obviously. So we're running races, any which ways. So life is a race. And I, I'm not getting to my point yet, but just let me, let me keep on. Hopefully I'll find myself. Your spiritual race, I said that the end point is eternal life. Right? Right? Is that clear? You want to go to heaven. <laughs> 
your physical race, what's the end point? To be successful? To give you God glory? To be all right. <laughs> he said to be all right. <laughs> you know, I was to, to let my needs be met. You know, I don't want to have to pray when I see the bills. Uh, it should just be met. Yeah, the physical, your physical race, the end goal is really that you want to do well. Or, let's make it this, let's put it this way. You want to be all that God has made you to be upon the earth. You want to maximize your potential, right? That's, that's really what it is. And for every one of us, we have different potentials, right? So I cannot run your race. We've talked about that before. Slaying your lane, all that. There's a lot of past sermons on that, so we're not going to go into all that right now. So we have a race. Have we established that? On my right, do you agree? Uh, do, do you agree? Okay. Do you agree on this side? Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Now, the next thing I want to tell you is that the race of life, I'm sure this is not a big revelation, is not a flat race. Neither is it downhill. It's uphill. Do you agree with that or you don't? If your life has just been always easy, you know what it means to be downhill? It means you don't need to put any effort. If you put a, a car at the top of a hill, you don't need to put any effort. It doesn't even need an engine. It will get to the destination. It will just be rolling, right? Has, that, has your life been like that? You didn't study in school. You just woke up. You didn't even write the exam. <laughs> you just checked online and you just saw A's. Has that ever happened in your life? Everything you've had just came to you easily. Have you had to work for stuff? Have you had to struggle for some things? Have you faced disappointments before? Okay. In this conversation is because life is a race. Because life is an uphill race. And when you're running uphill, there is already enough resistance that you don't, that's not the time you say, oh, give me these two speakers. Let me just hang them on my back. Let me prove that I'm Samson. Because I want to run uphill. Do you understand that? Common sense tells you that you will travel as light as possible. So when you see people who want to run um, 100 meters or marathon or anything like that at the Olympics, you see them wear this really uncomfortably skinny, tight pair of clothes. Have you seen them before? It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> put on this very tight stuff. Nothing on them except that's, that's why. They want to be as light as possible because they are conscious of the fact that they're running in a race. Do you understand that? You don't see anyone who wants to run the marathon and say, oh, give me my backpack. They don't even carry water. They take water on the road as they go on, right? And they drop the bottle. They don't carry anything. They want to be as light as possible so that they can run. And that's how the journey of life is, right? As we are running this race, as we are climbing uphill, as I said, you want to be as light as possible. You do. Um, I travel quite a bit these days for work, and it's, it takes an act of God for me to try to check in luggage. I don't want to check in luggage anytime I'm traveling. Never. Never, never, never. I pack one suitcase and I roll it. If they try to tell me to check in my bags at the gates, I will rebuke them sharply. I will rebuke them <laughs> with animation, <laughs> okay? Because I understand that when I get to the other side, you have to go wait for the bags. You know? I remember the other day we went to, I think we were coming from Fermi's wedding in winter. We got to the airport. God forgive me, I'm not mocking this dude. There was this dude, we got to the escalator, we're trying to go up the escalator or down. There was this dude at the escalator, he was just standing there like this. When we looked around him, we understood why he was standing there. He had three suitcases and a carry-on. And he did not know how, he couldn't figure out how to get up the escalator. 
So my wife is very lovely. Me, I was just like, excuse me, please. <laughs> Common sense should have told you, you don't pack like this. She's like, oh, do you need some help? She had to help this man drag his suitcases to the car rental place. I was looking at her and I said, this man. <laughs> me, I already knew I was going to preach about him. So I said, but... <laughs> I said, baggage, this is exactly, God was trying to teach me something. You don't travel like this. He was completely, like he was perplexed, under pressure. I was like, please, I bet, just <laughs> move yourself. I said, God was illustrative sermon. He carried three bags and hand luggage. I don't know where he was going. Anyways. But the truth is, like I said, when we're trying to travel, we're going somewhere, you try to, you pack light. Um... Um, when you're married to a woman, you will not travel light, though, but it's fine. It's fine, it's fine. It's okay. That we understand that. We understand you need options. Uh, Bookie says that, I don't know how I'm going to feel on Wednesday. So I need to take these extra pairs of shoes and extra pairs of jeans. I'm like, all these jeans look the same. She's like, no. The shade. This is rip. I'm like, okay, no problem. So half of the clothes never used. We just bring it back. Said, it's okay. It's all right. <clears throat> when I pack, I pack the pants that I can wear for two days. <laughs> and anything that is easy to wash, that's it. No stories about it, as light as you can. If life is a race, which it is, and it's uphill, which it is, why are we carrying baggage with us? Why are we carrying bags with us? Why are we carrying bags with us? So baggage... Okay, as we int I introduce the series today, by definition is anything that you carry with you that can slow you down, that can hinder you, or that can stop you in the achievement of your goals or your destiny. Can I say that again? It's anything that you carry with you that can slow you down, that can hinder you, or that can stop you in the achievement of your goals or your destiny. So it can slow you down, it can make the journey more difficult for you, or it can paralyze you, like that man that was stuck at the elevator, completely stuck, can't go anywhere because of the baggage that you're carrying. So when Paul starts to write, we think it's Paul, Hebrews, we don't know who wrote Hebrews for a fact, but we think it's Paul, I think it's Paul. He says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Now, he talks about the sin, not sins, the sin which does easily ensnare you. In other words, in every one of us lives, he's talking to Christians, by the way, there is usually one sin that easily ensnares you. There's one that you easily fall into. That's what he's trying to say. Do you, do you understand that? Can you relate with that? Okay, all right, thank you. I'm not talking about the sin today. I'm talking about the weights. Because the weights are things that, like I said, will slow you down, hinder you, stop you completely, but they're not necessarily sinful. They're not sin, because there's a demarcation here. He says the weight and the sin. So it's the weight that we want to talk about over the next few weeks this month. And some of us, the truth is that we acquire baggage on our journey. Okay? Some of us are born with baggage. There are some places that if you're born into, certain families, you've come with baggage. That's just the way it is, unfortunately. All right? 
I think about, in, in, in the Bible, a guy like Moses. And when I start to talk about examples of things that can be baggage, you might be surprised at some of them. A guy like Moses, do you know Moses had baggage? For example, one of the things that happened to Moses was that he could easily have had what we call survivor's guilt. You know that? Because all the other kids were killed. Somehow he escaped. Apparently that's the thing that causes trauma in people's lives, and it is. And so when all of a sudden he starts to act irrational at the age of 40, people can understand why he's acting the way he's acting, but this guy has been dealing with guilt. He had baggage with him. And the baggage almost cost him his destiny. He had baggage. He had baggage that, by the way, let me say this to you. That baggage does not have to be good or bad. No, that's not what I'm trying to say. Baggage can be good or bad. However, even something that appears to be good has the potential to hinder you, to slow you down, or to paralyze you. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? I'll give you an example. If you grew up in a family where you've never lacked for anything, is that a good thing or not? Ah, come on, this guy says to be okay. That's, one of, that's a prayer point for many people. You've never lacked anything in your life. Everything you wanted came like this. It'll be hard for you to relate with a God that allows challenges just for the sake of building your character. Do you know that? Mm. So I'm saying this, that we come to God with baggage. And the problem with the baggage is that because we've carried it for so long, we want to change God. We want God to conform to your baggage, but he will not. Because if he had to conform to yours and yours, God would be the most confused person in all existence. We come with baggage. So we bring baggage to our Christian lives. You know, pastoring for a short while now, when you talk to people, counseling, you know, many times you can trace the issues to where it started from. We come with loads. And many of us, the truth is, we don't even know we're carrying baggage. You actually have no clue that the reason why it's difficult for you to have faith in God is because someone disappointed you seven years ago. Do you understand? You have no clue. You have no clue. So we acquire baggage along the way. The things that happen to us, the experiences that we have, or some of them we are born with. We're just born with baggage, all right? Moses had baggage because of his a physical disability that he had. He couldn't speak. So when God starts to tell him that you're going to do all these things for me, his insecurities take over. God has to do a real work to convince him that it's okay, you can do it. And even with that, it was like, okay, fine, I will bring somebody else, Aaron. Now, God was never meant to send Aaron. And you realize that Aaron caused Moses a lot of problems, right? Okay. God was meant to send Moses. Moses was meant to just say, okay, God, I trust you. If you're sending me, even though I'm a stutterer, I would speak by your help. But because he'd, he'd, been, he'd been in many situations where he tried to speak, and he was embarrassed by the fact that he was stuttering, and he's like, no, 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 no. I can't do this. I can't go before Pharaoh and go and be stuttering. So God says, okay, fine, I'll send Aaron with you. Now, Aaron becomes a disaster, right? We're carrying baggage with us. I don't want to do an extensive teaching today because I'm introducing a series and it's a first and best Sunday, but I want to give you some things to think about. 
Okay? If the reason why you came to God, I'm going to give you examples now. For example, the reason why you came to follow Jesus was because you were having a challenge in your life at that time. Like many people. You will find it hard to relate with a God whose priority is not your happiness. So when, whenever you get the sense that God is not interested in your happiness, you would, you would rebel in your heart. I can't understand a God that doesn't want me to be happy. All I want is to be happy. And the reason why all you want is to be happy is because you were unhappy, which is baggage. Do you understand that? Mm-hmm. If you grew up In a place where, maybe in high school, or even in college, you won all the awards. You were always on stage accepting awards. Where are some of you? Some of you who won awards growing up, raise your hands. Don't lie, don't lie. I know we have smart people here. You were always on stage. They called your name. Your parents were always so proud. They'll stand beside the stage and be taking your picture. Mm. You'll find it hard to relate with a God where the most valuable things you will do for him will never be seen. You would have a performance mentality. You will serve on team. And you say, why has no one seen my gifts? Who want, who, why do we want to see your gifts? <laughs> That's what Jesus is wondering. Jesus is like, are you coming to be seen or for me to be seen? You will struggle to relate with that God. And it will limit you in your work with him. There are many things we bring. Some of us, the baggage we carry is traditional African culture. You think it's scripture, but it is the tradition of men. No, no, no. no, no, no. You, are, you are from there too. Traditional African culture. You bring it to the to church, to the house of God. Sunday best. You know what Sunday best is? On Sundays, when you wear your best clothes, and then the car that you don't drive, where I grew up, I don't know about you guys, but where I grew up, and where my wife grew up, the car that you don't drive on Monday to Saturday, on Sunday, they wash the car, you bring your best clothes out, and you bring it to church. Very unspiritual. Baggage. And then you'll be offended that the pastor did not give you a special seat. Because you're used to being recognized. Some of you, your baggage is your success. Everywhere you go, people stand up and clap for you. But you come to church, they treat you like everybody else. And you're like, I can't believe this church. I can't believe this church. So disrespectful. No, we're not disrespectful. Jesus just sees all of us as the same. If you have an entitlement mentality, that's baggage. You feel like God owes you feel like God owes you, that God should do your will, as opposed to you doing his will. Baggage, we bring it to our race, and it slows us down. It's an impediment. There are many things that God wants to do with us, that the hindrance is not Satan. Truly, it's the baggage that we brought. We brought to our work with God. Grow up in a performance culture, you want to put on a show, you want to impress everybody. <clears throat> Can I tell you another form of baggage? You grew up in a culture, in a place where it's always, you know, comparison. Like, oh, look at your friends. They're doing better than you. 
look at your cousins. Why can't you be like Darien, Sola, Agbakogba or something? They'll be calling this person's first name and last name. When you come to church, you'll bring a comparison mentality. You'll bring it to church. You will, um, you will feel like you have to perform for God for him to accept you. But not knowing that God accepts you as you are. These are the things we bring to God. And then we now say, God, take me as I am. And God, is, and God is going, wow, there's so many bags on you. Where do we start cutting the layers? Where do we start cutting the layers from? We all have baggage, by the way. There's nobody here that can say, oh, I don't have any baggage. The fact that you even think you don't have baggage is your baggage. <laughs> is that you think you are perfect. And, and so the day God, would, the Holy Spirit will correct you, you say, I can't believe this. <laughs> me? <laughs> no, that's it. That's baggage. We all have baggage. We all have baggage. If you grew up in a house where everyone was afraid of daddy, daddy's coming home, everybody's crumbs, disappears, turn off the TV, all that stuff, you will be afraid of God. Not that you have the fear of God. You'll be afraid of God. That the moment I sin, he will just bring a cutlass and chop off my head. You'll be afraid of God. You will not relate with God from a place of love because you've never understood that. Okay? You grew up in a house where the daddy worked and slaved and the mommy just lived the life of enjoyment. When you get married, you bring that into your marriage. Because marriage is part of your work with God. I hope you know. Mm. So that's the only thing you know, your expectations. God, God cannot mold you into something else unless you submit to him. We carry baggage with us. Different categories of baggage. All right? So, give you some examples and we'll say a few things. Let me close up. Emotional weight is baggage, all right? Trauma from our past that has not been dealt with, things that happened to us. Truth of the matter is that some of you don't know why you are the way you are. I, I assure you. And this is what therapists do. And you're saying, Pastor, are we, is this a psycho, psychology? No, this is not, we're not talking about that. But the truth of the matter is that our faith makes provision for your body, your soul, and your spirit, as well as your mind. So there is a part of our work with God that has to do with the transformation and the renewal of your mind. If all that God does is in your spirit and in your body, you, you can't even work with God because many things will have to flow through your mind. Yeah. To be, for you to, when God speaks to you, you hear it in your mind most of the time. You know that? Yeah. Not that you don't hear, you don't hear God's voice in your physical ears. You hear mostly to your mind. You say, I'm feeling like, I'm sensing. So if your mind is all messed up, there are many things God can't do through you. Of us carry baggage. You don't even know why you are afraid. But it's trauma. Some of us, the reason why we have baggage is faulty models in our lives. People that we put our trust in before, disappointed. So you expect God to disappoint you. Okay? Some of us is our societal norms. I talked about that again. again tra tradition, where you grew up. Where you grew up. Some of us, the baggage we carry is anger. We are angry. I'm not talking about anger that is based on an event. I'm talking about you're just an angry person. And the reason is that something happened. You don't know what it is or you don't remember, but you've just been angry as a person. Okay? Some of you use bitterness. You're bitter. You, you had certain things in your life before that were taken away from you, and you're bitter against God. Because God never bothered to explain to you. 
truth of the matter, I always tell people all the time that when we ask God for explanations, sometimes um, be careful what you ask for. Because sometimes it's better that you don't know. If God really told you, do you know? Do you understand? If God really told you the reason why some of the things happened that happened, you will even hate God more. Because your mind cannot, you can't wrap your mind around the person that is God. We are not, we are not on the same, different planes. Do you understand that? Different planes. Some of you, the baggage you carry is envy. You always want what everybody has, and you never appreciate what you have. It's baggage, all right? Fear, that's baggage, big time. Fear is bondage. It would limit you. It will hinder you. It will slow you down. And in some cases, it can paralyze you completely. The actions maybe you should have taken in your life that the only reason you haven't taken it is not because you haven't heard from God. It's because you're afraid. Some of us have generational baggage and cycles. Some of us, it's loss or tragedy. All right? Some of us, it's body image issues. Body image issues. You come to God with a low self-esteem, a low sense of self-worth, and God gives you a prophecy and says, by this, by this time next year, you will be married, and you're going, who wants to marry me? You, so what happens right there is that with your lack of faith, you kill what God wants to do. But really, what's happened is not, the source of that is not a spiritual thing. It's, it's just baggage that you carry with you. Failure can be baggage, you know that? If you fail at certain things and you fail to, you cannot try again, that has become baggage for you. I know I was so blessed by, um, it was Mezu's testimony yesterday. She said, she, she wrote an exam and she failed the exam. I'll skip some parts of the testimony. <laughs> and she went back to write the exam. I think it was after like two weeks, something like that. It was short while. She went again. You see, because there are things that we failed at. Okay, not everything. There's some things that we failed at that we should have gone again. But the fear of failure, we just like, look, I, let me protect my heart. I can't handle, I can't handle that. I can't handle that. All right? insecurities, and God is funny because God always somehow has you do something in line with your insecurities so that you must depend on him. Do you understand that? Mm. Your baggage can be other people's expectation of you. This is a big one where you, you live to please the people. You live to please everybody. What would people say? People would think we are now poor. People would think, this is, this is a real issue. I hope you know this. This is a real thing. <clears throat> First and foremost, the people are also making decisions for the people. These people that you're worried about, what would they think? How would they process this? I cannot make assumptions for how people will process stuff. But the truth is we make a lot of decisions based on the people. These people that have no identity, faceless beings. You could never tell me this is where the people are. But you are always making decisions because of the people. The people. 
So God is telling you in the season, by the way, by the way, as God is saying in this season, this is a season for everybody to change their financial habits. Storms are coming. Storms are coming. God is telling you, address your financial, your spending habits. And you're making decisions for the people. When trouble now comes, you say God was not faithful. But God was faithful. The people put you in trouble. The people put you in trouble. It's baggage we carry with us. We don't know where it came from. We don't even know where some of these things got infused into your mind. But they're there. Others' expectations of us. I talked about a performance mentality. Your baggage can be that you came from a perfect family. Do you know that? Hmm. Don't forget that everyone's race is different. If your race requires you to work with people that come from imperfect backgrounds, and you came from a perfect family, you'll be handicapped in dealing with them. You cannot understand why people are the way they are. So I'm saying to you that your baggage doesn't have to be something that we see and we're like, oh, wow, that's gross. That's disgusting. No, there are things that you really carry with you that have shaped you. But when you put it in line or over, put that over what God would have you do, there is a disconnect. It stands in the way of what God wants to do. For example, Moses, I talked about Moses earlier. If Moses stayed in Egypt the whole time, he could never have been a deliverer. He could never have been, how can a guy who grew up in Pharaoh's palace go through the wilderness for 40 years? Do you understand? How? <laughs> no context. This guy was driving Rolls Royce and Bentleys. All of a sudden, God now says, into the desert you go. He's going to be like, God, mm -mm, I can't. But the people he was to lead were used to suffering. But he had no context. So God sent him 40 years to go and learn how to suffer. Because even the Bible says in, um, in Hebrews 11, where it talks about the people, the faith hall, hall of fame, that the Bible says, by faith, Moses forsook the pleasures of Egypt. That was an act of faith. What you are praying, that is a breakthrough. God de describes it as an act of faith because it was in line with his destiny. It's like saying, by faith, somebody left a million-dollar job. Hmm? Wouldn't you say, Pastor, come and pray for this guy? He has, he has lost his mind. But God said that was, that was the baggage he was carrying. Some of you, the baggage you're carrying is faith accidents. You expressed your faith for something. You trusted God. Pastor said you should fast. Pastor said you should sow seed. You did everything, and it didn't work. And you're carrying that baggage with you now. So every time someone says, let's believe God in faith, you're like, please, please, please. Don't bring that faith near me. I'm not interested. You, I want to see the logic. Does it make sense? One plus one is two. If it's not two, it cannot work for me. You're carrying baggage with you because uh, you will not be all that God wants you to be without faith. There's just no way. There's just no way. Cultural baggage, traditions of men, I said, abuse of any kind is baggage. Any kind. Growing up, even not just growing up, even now. Even now, people grow up under abusive leaders, even in churches. I'm telling you, that's baggage. That's baggage. Relationships, heartbreaks, soul ties. That one is multiple bags 
you have tight, <laughs> you have knapsacks, you have luggage on your head, that's baggage you are carrying with you. If you haven't left your past, how do you go into your future? Hmm? How do you go into your future? And this is a very vivid one. So tight. Everybody that shows up around you now, you're comparing them to the previous girlfriend. They're like, um, Esther used to make stuff like this. Why can't you just be like Esther? Go and be with Esther. <laughs> Go and be with Esther. Because you're clearly living with Esther. You haven't left Esther. You know what I mean? Yeah. So ties. You might not say it, but you think it. That's the truth. You might not say it because when you say it, that means that you're even extreme. But you think it, which is the same thing because it, it guides your actions. So what bags are you carrying? You see, if we don't deal with things like this, they will slow you down. There are places you need to go that you need to drop bags that you're carrying. What, are you, what bags are you carrying? I remember some years ago, I did, initiated, you know, some business arrangement with some friends, all right? One of the, one of the minds behind it, the business, and it went bad. People lost their money. And I was very, I was completely paralyzed by guilt. I started feeling so guilty. And I carried that with me for years. I, how I knew that it was baggage was because I knew that if I ever had another idea, I wouldn't call anybody. Do you understand? I'll rather, let me, but, but I realized that this is, this is prison. This is prison. I was so guilty. Felt guilty for you. Paralyzed by guilt. And the enemy would use your baggage, by the way, you know. Use it. And God can as well. And I'll talk about that when we get to subsequent weeks. God can use it. What bags are you carrying? You remember the man in the scripture? The Bible calls him a rich young ruler. He came to Jesus. And Jesus Christ said, he said he, wants to, he wanted to follow Jesus. Like we all do. We want to follow Jesus, right? I hope you do. And Jesus Christ said, well, keep this, 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 this. The man said, oh, I'm, I've done all that since my youth. Okay. He's a young ruler, by the way. He says, since my youth. You can see the mentality that the guy has. Like, I've passed. Look, I'm okay. Then Jesus says, go and sell, go and sell everything you have and, bring, and give it to the poor and come and follow me. The Bible says he went away sorrowful. So his baggage was his wealth. Is it a sin to be poor? No. But did it slow him down? Did it hinder him in his purpose, life's calling? Yes. What bags are you carrying? What bags are you carrying? You see, if the bags that you carry weigh more than is practical, you can be grounded. Sometimes it's just one bag. But if that bag is very heavy, it can ground you. Sometimes it's multiple bags. And it can paralyze you just as much. Romans chapter 12. One and two. I really need verse two, but might as well read everything. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your 
reasonable service. Two, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When God wants to help you with any of the baggage you're carrying, one of the things that happens is that he renews your mind for you. So really, we must subject our minds to renewal constantly because you can acquire baggage <laughs> as you go on. So you can say, well, my mind is now renewed. I'm free of baggage. Well, if you live another year, you can probably acquire something else along the way. So constantly challenging yourself and asking, why do I act the way I act? But look, I'm not talking about your therapist now. That's, let the therapist do the therapist stuff. But as it relates to God, why do I act the way I act? Why do I have a problem with giving, for example? People, don't, people are not bad. It's not like people, when someone says, oh, why, have you asked yourself, why do I have a problem with giving? And as I said, giving out, some people are like, mm, money, money already. The reason why you're feeling that way is because there is a reason why. That might not be your own baggage, by the way. Your baggage might be obedience. Some people just have a problem with authority. And you can't walk with God if you don't recognize authority. Why do you have the reactions you have? So my assignment for you is this. This first week, spend some time with the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, reveal any bags I'm carrying to me that is standing in the way of what you can do with my life. Not all baggage might be hindering you, but there might be some that are critical to you. Ask God, help me. What are the bags I'm carrying? As I speak to you now, some of you already know some of the bags you're carrying. And we'll talk about how you deal with that. But the truth is, you can't deal with something you haven't identified. You can't deal with something that you've denied. If you've never accepted it, you play church, you've been in church for so long, you can even rise through the ranks. You can become a general overseer of a church and still be carrying baggage with you. You must, you must always subject your mind to, be, to the renewal of God. Say, what am I carrying? And where did I pick this up from? Who did this to me? Or what did this to me? Or what did not do this to me? When we walk with God, and we want to walk with God with sincerity, we don't want to play church. We want to seriously walk with God. We must be willing to confront difficult truths. Do you understand that? It's bigger than God bless me, God provide for me, God, you know, do this. God will do those things. That's great. But what about the things in you that stop you from being your best self? Stop you from being the things that God really, really wants you to become. God wants you to be a good husband. But if you are carrying baggage with you, you can't be that. God wants you to be many things. God wants you to be a light in your workplace. But if you're carrying baggage with you and you start to engage in, you know, there's a way of the world. There's a way people advance in the workplace. They play politics, right? I don't want to, I don't want to dig too deep today. I just want to leave us with something on the surface because I want you to do the homework yourself. Let God tell you, why 
am I like this? And what am I carrying that is hindering me? Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel. If you want to be a blessing to others, share the message. To stay connected, download our app and follow us on Instagram at Lighthouse Church Ottawa. We love you.